On this episode of The Matt Beck Show, we talk about commission, whether it's good or bad, should you booth rent, should you be a salon owner that booth rents. Also, frequency of visit is the number one focus of this episode, so you don't wanna miss it. Check it out, episode two, guys. Thanks for watching. Hey guys, this is Matt Beck from freesaloneducation.com here with episode two of the Matt Beck Show. This is all about salon business and marketing. So any of your questions, make sure you're using the hashtag TheMattBeckShow and I can find them on all social media and we'll answer them every week for you guys. So let's get the show started. Mel Bent Beauty asks, new stylist. I've been assisting for about a year and I wanna make the transition from assistant to full-time stylist, but I'm a little nervous. Any suggestions on how to go about this? One thing that makes me nervous is going from hourly to strictly commission. I know it's going to have to happen, and I know money isn't everything in the business, but a sister's got to live. So any input at all would be awesome and much appreciated. Thank you. So my thoughts on this question. Uh, I think a lot of stylists out there are very nervous to go into the industry. It's a, it's a daunting thing knowing that you're only going to make money technically if you produce. but. This is a business, guys, and we have to understand that uh, in a business, you it is your responsibility to grow yourself. And, and the beauty of the beauty industry is that you can grow yourself to as big as you want to be. And that is what I've loved about it for, from day one. I was in control of how much money I made, uh, what hours I worked. I was in charge of a lot of things. So you're very flexible as a hairstylist. And so that's the greatest thing. Now I understand that it's scary, but don't be scared of, of not making money. I've, I've never met a stylist. Even the worst ones that I've met are always uh, steadily growing in the industry as long as you can produce good quality work. Uh, so make sure that you get that training. Um, it says that you've been assisting for a year. So I, I'm gonna say that after a year, you understand what you need to do. It's just the execution. The execution is the hardest part, but be consistent with it. Make sure that you're always pushing forward, always working to grow your clientele. And when I say that, um, get out and about in your town and make sure that you're spreading the word about yourself as a stylist. Um, make sure that you know, you're gonna do things, maybe you're gonna do things for free. You're gonna do a lot of different things that you didn't think you would do uh, in the beginning, but it's all worth it in the end. Um, it takes a good couple years to get your book built, but once it's built, you, you never have to worry about it again. So my key thing for you would be, if you're a year in the, into the business as an assistant, make the jump. You need to make the jump. You can't sit at an, at an assistant level forever. Um, I personally think as uh, those of you out there that are at an assistant level right now, make sure that you're doing hair and growing your book as an assistant. I, I think too many people waste their time being an assistant for too long because they're too scared. Don't be scared, grow your book, learn while you're doing that, and then push yourself into the industry. Commission is the best thing, guys. I mean, everyone fights over, am I making 65%, am I making 45%? The percentage doesn't matter. You get a percentage of what you bring in, which is one of the best things that could possibly happen. Uh, you look at car salesmen, they make maybe 10% of a sale. Uh, real estate agents make 10%. We make 45% of what we do every day and we get to take that home, plus tips. So it's a great business. Don't be afraid of commission, jump into it. 
I went really long on that question, but I think it's really important. So I uh, hope that helps you. All right. Flore wants to know best way to find new and talented stylists. As an owner, is it better to do hourly plus commission or booth rent? So a lot of the questions that I get uh, and that I've gotten for two years now, uh, in any salon that you walk into, the biggest thing is commission. It's like, it's like it's a bad word. And I'm so, I want to change that because I think personally in five years, maybe 10 years, commission's not even going to exist in salons anymore. It's going to be all rental. Um, so I think we should feel blessed at the fact that we get a percentage of what we do uh, and we don't have to have the worry of paying the bills in a business. You know, I, uh, I was a hairdresser obviously before I bought the salon. I was just like everyone else. I was not happy with the way things were being run. Uh, so I looked at my owner and kept blaming my owner for everything that was happening, not realizing that really I should just be worrying about myself. Uh, and making sure that I'm doing the things I need to do to grow myself. Um, and I did that. And over three years, I had a, a book that was bringing in $120,000. Um, I was really happy about that. And then I made the jump to be an owner. And it's almost like hitting a reset because you're, you're taking over everything. You're taking the bills. You're taking uh, the responsibility. You're not sleeping because you, you need to make sure that everyone's paychecks can cash. There's so many things that go into being a salon owner that if you, um, as a stylist, and I'm getting a little bit off track on this question, but as a stylist, if you're looking to, uh, to grow, be in love with what you're doing, with, with the commission and whatever. Just, just grow yourself. Just keep digging in and working hard and, and getting out there and networking yourself, and you're gonna be super successful. Now, to, to really answer this question, um, is it better hourly plus commission or booth rent? I again, love commission because I am a business owner. I think booth rental is an easy way out and I'm not saying anything against booth rental. Um, but as a, a business, if I'm trying to build a business, uh, and I go booth rental, I got four stations in my salon. Um, if I rent those out, I mean, I'm maxing myself out as a business owner as well. So, um, I think it's an easy way out if you don't think you're going to build successful stylists. And, uh, you know, I don't want to sound mean in that way, but that's what, how I look at booth rental. I think it's a good way for stylists if they're looking for kind of a, an outlet. They don't want to be a salon owner, but they want to have, you know, the benefits of being a salon owner or working by themselves. I think booth rental is great. But as a salon owner and a building owner, um, I think you're just collecting rent every month and that's not growing a business. So unless I'm going to open a hundred of these around the country and, and rent out, you know, multiple booths, it's not going to be a successful business for me as well. So, uh, and when you don't have a successful business, what do we do? We let it run to the ground. It becomes disgusting. We don't care about it. The staff doesn't care about it. So everything just falls apart and you don't have a successful business. So if I had to pick, I would go hourly plus commission. Um, and I would go hourly until they hit commission. So it gives them something to drive towards. And I wouldn't start that hourly off as a big number because if you start a stylist off with a big number hourly salary, then uh, our hourly wage, they have nothing to drive themselves to want to get on commission. So they'll just sit there. So I would start the hourly lower and give them incentives on how they can hit commission. And then as they hit commission, make sure that you have incentives to grow that commission 
to be a little bit higher, raise their prices, um, and grow them as a stylist. Give them a career path and you'll be good to go. All right. Noel Garaisiak wants to know, do you find it more difficult to achieve work-life balance as a salon owner than when you worked as just a stylist? This is a fantastic question and I wish I had uh, an easy answer for this. I, I, uh, balance is a tough thing. I'm obsessed with uh, business and you know, running my salon, uh, running free salon education, uh, and I have a, a seven-year-old child and I have a fiance that I've been with. We, let's put it this way. We've been engaged for almost 11 years in December, uh, or we've been together 11 years, engaged probably about nine of those years. Uh, still haven't gotten married. We bought a business. We, uh, we do a lot of things. Uh, she has been great in uh, helping and, and growing and building this whole entire thing that we've got going. Um, so I think that the balance is tough. That's not really balance, you know, when you look at it. So I would say for me, uh, as a stylist, it was a little easier to have balance. I don't know if I would consider it balance. I would get off of work. I didn't have a child. I would go to the bar and have a drink after work and I didn't have to worry about the building as much, but I was always growing myself, you know? So even when I went out after work, I was always focused on how can I get clients and, uh, and grow my salon business? Because before I was a salon owner, my only focus was doing more hair because the more hair I do, the more successful I get uh, from a business standpoint. So I think it's definitely harder as a salon owner to find balance because you have so many things on your mind. Um, I, I give every salon owner out there credit. Um, I don't know if they always get the respect that they should because when you look at, uh, you are in charge of everyone. I'm in charge of all six people that work here and I need to make sure that they're, you know, they're taken care of. So it's a lot more work. Um, so that throws off the balance, I believe. But you know, just, you, gotta, you just gotta stay focused on uh, your family and and your business, and I think you know that's something that I'm constantly trying to work on because it's hard. And uh, so, if you find the answer, I would love to know that as well. If you guys on Periscope have that answer, that would be great. Uh, but balance is a tough thing, uh, and it's it's definitely the no, the number one thing that I struggle with is is balancing work and uh, home life. All right, a couple more questions. Hairstylist I am asks. I want to open my own small salon, three or four chairs at most, no nails. I'm in a small town, and all the books I have read say how expensive it is. My question is, how much money would it take to open a basic salon? So this is a tough question to answer. I, I don't think there's a, you know, a definite, it's $5,000 to open a salon, it's $100,000 to open a salon. I think it depends on your goal. Um, I grew up in a small town in Illinois that was about 750 people it would cost me a lot less to open a salon in that town uh, than it would in my current town now or in Philadelphia or New York City. Uh, you know, so if you're in a small town, uh, I think equipment wise, I would, this would be my recommendation if you're gonna open a salon, uh, I would go very simple. Um, you know, we have a sponsor, Minerva Beauty, who has, you know, we've got these stations from these chairs um, chairs are not that expensive. Like this chair, I believe was 250 bucks. It's not that bad. What I would do is get these chair, this type of chair. Uh, don't invest too much money there. And then do a simple mirror on the wall. 
Um, your plumbing is probably going to be the most expensive thing. It's going to cost you probably you know, $1,500, $2,000 for that. So you're going to be investing in a small town um, about $5,000 to start, I would say. Um, and then you know, it's going to go up from there. But that would be like the basic small couple mirrors on the wall. Go to Ikea, get the mirrors, go to Minerva, get your chairs and your shampoo bowls. Our shampoo bowls were $600 a piece. We have two of them. We have four chairs. So, you know, it's just based on your business. But I know when we started this salon, I said it in episode one, uh, I think we had, we bought the salon from the previous owner. So some stuff came with it, but nothing you're looking at now was in it when we bought it. And nothing you're looking at now was in it after we did our first renovation. So as the business grew, we kept expanding with equipment and getting better stuff, you know? Start with the basics, don't go too crazy. Don't get a huge loan that you're gonna have to pay off for you know, the next five to 10 years. And um, most salons don't even last that long. So, and it's probably because you invested way too much money in getting cool mirrors when you could have just had something simple and done cool hair and you would have been just as good. So I hope that answers your question. Don't spend too much money and you'll be good. All right, last one. Lollipop Chainsaw Hair asks, my regulars come in maybe five to six times a year for color on average. How do I get my other clients to come in more often than they already do? Most of the time it's a money issue, but I don't think I charge unfairly. And also I don't have much choice in that matter because I'm a commission stylist. Now, when, they, when this person is saying, uh, my regulars come in maybe five to six times a year for color, um, that's industry average. That is something that I would love to change. Um, I just made a post on Instagram today about frequency of visit. Frequency of visit is the game changer in every salon business. If you can get your frequency of visit number up, you will have a more successful salon overnight because of that. So make sure that right away when you see this video, you go out and you look for that frequency of visit number. Find out what it is. When you know what it is, then you can grow it. You can't grow it until you know what it is. So make sure that you have some kind of software um, we use Millennium software. I love it for that. They, it's so focused on numbers. So look at your frequency of visit and focus on growing that. We looked at, so five, time, five to six times a year for color is unacceptable uh, in the industry. Why in the world would a client, and I mean, this could be a highlight client, so I, I sort of get that. We're balayaging everyone, so no one has um, solid roots coming through. But we have to get our guests in for color every four weeks. We just have to make sure that that happens. If you're gonna have a successful salon, if you don't get them in every four weeks, you need to have about 600 clients to have a full book. And no one in their right mind is gonna find 600 people that wanna hang out with them constantly uh, throughout the year. So make sure that you get them to come back in every four to five weeks at the most. Don't ask them when they wanna come back in. You tell them when they should come back in and then the key to getting them to actually come back in is get them excited about the next visit. So let's say today I'm doing their single color that they get every single time. They don't have a lot of money, um, so they, they're you know, nervous about doing something new. Don't hit them with it that time. Talk about next time. Maybe they'll save a couple dollars. The next time they come in, we're gonna do these cool highlights, these balayage highlights that I've been talking to you about. I can't wait to do them on your hair. Do that kind of thing, and that will get them in uh, quicker 
uh, more often. They're excited about the next visit. When somebody's excited about something, they can't wait. You think about vacation. You can't wait for your vacation to come, right? So you book that vacation ahead of time and you look forward to it. Do that with your hair appointments. So don't sit them in the chair and do everything that you know how to do in that visit. Take care of them and talk about the new and exciting things you're gonna do next time and that'll get them to pre-book at the front desk. That is the, the one thing that I changed that really made it work for me was just getting them excited about the next visit. So I hope that that helps you guys. I think that that's all the questions for the week. Yep, I think we got it. So. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode. I'm begging you to please share this video with your stylist friends because I want to grow this show and we need to get the word out there that frequency of visit is the most important thing that they can do and will change the uh, hairstylist industry from a business standpoint. I get very upset when I make a post about balayage and it blows up and then I make a post about frequency of visit and it gets 20 likes. What is the deal? Why don't we care about business? Let's focus on our business. Whether you're a stylist or a salon owner, you need to grow yourself to be more successful, to have more time with your family, to do that balance. You gotta get more successful. So work on frequency of visit, that is the key. That's what we're talking about in episode two. Leave your questions anywhere on social media. Follow me on Twitter, it's Matt Beck FSE. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Free Salon Education, everything else. Use the hashtag, the Matt Beck show, the Matt Beck show, and I will find your questions. I will answer them on the show. And I look forward to doing that for you guys. Thank you so much for watching and we'll see you next week. Thanks. Thank you guys.